What's going on, everybody? Uh, it's Rory Kelsey here with another episode of Rory Kelsey's Therapy Sessions. Uh, tonight, I have uh, with me a good buddy of mine, uh, someone who I used to work out with back in the day. Uh, he contacted me, telling me he wanted to come on, talk about a story, and um, just express the stuff that he's been dealing with and struggling with. So uh, tonight, I have my buddy CJ with me. So uh, CJ, uh, man, how you doing? Good. How are you, bud? Uh, you know what? I'm not too uh, not doing too bad. Today was a good day, uh, especially if you're a Bears fan. So, um, absolutely. Just got home from watching some of the games. So yeah, um, everything's doing good. But uh, you know, it's been a minute since I've seen you. Um, shoot, I think the last time I saw you was at one of those uh, handball games that I used to run back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how's everything going with you, man? Ah, uh, man, it was. It's good now. Um, so yeah, I'll get into my story. Um, so. I moved to Arizona about two years ago with my uh, ex-girlfriend now, um, and it was, you know, I, I left everything from home and um, just, you know, tried to, you know, go out and, you know, do my own thing, get out the house, um, and it was going great out there. We built a house together. Um, it was it was great, and we had a, we had a baby boy. He was uh, born premature at 23 weeks. Um, at one pound three ounces um, oh, his name God. his name is Wyatt um yeah he was a a micro preemie as they call him um it was it was a crazy like man you don't even know how crazy it was like seeing how small he was and then um the way he developed um throughout the that, that experience through the hospital and like him just growing each day going seeing him in the incubator and like um, if any parents, you know, out there have, have had a uh, preemie, they know what I'm talking about with all the uh, the alarms and things like that. And you never know, like, what's going to happen that night, you know, with the nurse calling you and, like, things like that. And it takes a toll on you just no- not knowing, you know, like, what's going to happen each night. Is his stats going to go bad? Is he, you know, going to de-stat? And, some days you'll go in and he has good days, bad days. And uh, one day, like the first day I got to hold him, um, the nurse was like, yeah, he's having a great day and he's stable. And do you want to hold him? And I, I go and sit down and I'm like, all right, and I'm, you know, I'm scared. I'm shaking. It's my baby boy. And first time I, I get to hold him and literally I'm holding him. Everything's going well for like the first five seconds, man. And then all of a sudden he, he desats and they have to take him away, put him um, give him a little bit of CPR in front of me. And like, I, after that moment, I, I never, I never held him at the hospital again. I was too scared. Like I thought I was a jinx oh, no. and, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough. So he, um, he grew out and he's now super healthy. Um, he, he can't eat food by mouth. Um, but he's, he's just growing, man. It was a miracle. Um, yeah. And then, um, so we got into that and then, so what I'm trying to get into is that, um, so things happened and we, uh, we separate it and this is, this is going out to all like the fathers out there that, you know, we separate from our, 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 our women and, um, it's, it's a dark place. So I'll get into that. We, we separate it. Um, I won't get into the details on how we separated, but we, we separated. She, um, had the house and the car. She, we, I lost all of that. And my, one of my coworkers, you know, told me, you know, I can live with him in Arizona. And at that time, man, I didn't have a car. I didn't have 
I didn't have, you know, any support system because I, I kind of, I kind of left all everything from back home out there to, you know, go and travel and do my, do my life. And, um, without having that support system and losing everything, like in an instant, um, it's a dark, dark place. And, um, anybody that's going through something like that, like, I, I know how you feel. I went to the doctor and, you know, tried to get medicine, but that's just not me. The The best thing I can tell people um, that's going through, you know, I thought my life was, was over. You know, I lost my family. I lost my house, everything I, you know, I, I, you dream of. Right. And um, I had nobody around me. I, I, I was just, it was hard to even get up to go to work. And what I did was just, I just thought of my son. I thought of, you know, each day life is not going to stop for you for you when you're in the mud you you gotta you gotta wake up each day no matter how hard it is you know Mm -hmm. and you just gotta you gotta you gotta grind and get get motivated and it's hard like take a couple days though I took three days off to grieve you know you you do have to grieve you have to let it out I sat in that room and I I cried and I thought about all these different things and what 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 I have to do and eventually you know crying and and stuff like that. It's good, but eventually you don't want to get caught in that cycle of, you know, crying and just sitting there and eventually you have to get up. And that's the mindset I had. I I have to put one foot in front of the other. And I, I talked to some doctors, I I talked to my family and I made a decision, you know, for my mental health, um, that, uh, I needed a support system. And so what I did was I rented a vehicle and I packed my stuff up. I, I talked to the mom and I, I told her, you know, I'm, I'm, I got to go back to Illinois for a little bit to get right. But I, I won't, this is just goodbye. This isn't a goodbye forever though. And I, I packed up and it was the hardest decision of my life. Um, I regret it kind of today, but at the same time I don't, cause I know I, it helped me to get better for my son. And I, I drove, drove to Illinois, Illinois on a 24 hour trip in a Chevy spark with everything I owned with a, a giant 85 pound pit bull. And that ride was super long and I, there was a lot of thinking and, um, mm. it, it, it kind of helped that, that ride. I, a lot of thinking about what I need to do. And so I got back to Illinois and, um, the first thing I did, I saw my parents and I, I talked to them and they, you know, they, they helped me out. They gave me, gave me my old room back for a little bit. And I, uh, I talked to my cousin, he let me stay with him and he got me an actual job where he was living. I mean, where he was working. And, uh, I started working there and I, um, I wasn't happy, um, with the job. I was, I, I wasn't settling cause I knew I needed to get more income to, uh, to get, to get back to my boy. Cause that's the ultimate goal. When you're in a dark place, like I was, you have to set goals don't set goals that are going to be too far to reach. Set them little by little. Like when I did it, I, I wrote down a list of just things that I wanted, things that I, I needed to do, you know, to accomplish my end goal, which was, you know, moving back to Arizona. And um, it was just, it's just crazy. I I've saved up now and I plan on moving back within the next year. And um, I, I, I talked to the, the, the mother of my son and we were kind of co-parenting at this point, but, um, I did fly out there to go see him, um, for his birthday. It was his first birthday and it was just, it's just, 
a crazy, crazy ordeal in life. You know, life hits you hard and life keeps going. And the thing is, you just got to, you got to get back up. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. Sometimes, you know, you can, people can do it, but with my ordeal, it's, um, talking to doctors and things like that didn't really, it, it, it actually made it worse for me. Um, it's not going to be like that for everybody. Um, I, it's just something for me, it was just me. I had to do it myself. Like I had to get my, my ass up and you know, like you have to just put that block in your head and be like, Hey, this is, this is life. And you know, you got to do what's right for you. But at the same time, I, I thought about me, but I was also thinking about my son, but I can't help my son if I can't even help myself. And that was my thinking. Um, and I, uh, I moved back. I feel so much better with, you know, with what's going on. I, I kind of got my, my goals checking off day by day. Um, I got a, I got a new interview with this, um, company coming up, uh, I think it's Tuesday, you know, for a better paying job. And then, um, with those goals, I, I said, I, uh, that job has an actual, another job in Arizona. So within the year I asked them on that interview, you know, to set up with my goals. Cause if I'm going to get a job, I'm, I have to, my end goal is to see my son. So everything has to correlate with that. And it, I'm going to transfer over to, uh, to Arizona within the year. Um, it takes a year for the company before I can transfer over and, there's a company there um, that's about an hour and a half away from my son, which is perfect um, for that. But uh, it it was it's an, an ordeal for for like a life changing ordeal. And I I mean, to this day, I still regret you know leaving my son. But at the same time, like I said, it's you have to do what's you have to get right before you can, you know, be with your son. Cause he can feel that, that negativity in you, you know, that sadness in you when you, he's laying on you and when he, he's just a baby, but he feels those things, you know? And, oh, yeah. and, uh, so yeah, that's just a little bit about what's going on. And, um, I know your podcast is about, you know, mental health and, um, a little bit about sports and things of that nature, but I kind of wanted to give you my sense of, uh, what happened in life and, how I got through it. And, you know, each day, day by day, you just, you just take one foot in front of the other and you keep marching until at the end of the day, you start jogging. And then mm -hmm. that next day you're running and then you're busting through the walls. And that's what I hope I I'm at in the, in about a year where I'm back in Arizona where my boy's about two. Um, and I still visit my son every three months, no matter what. Um, I, I go out there, I, I get my, you know, I still got to make that correlation because you know, being a father without, without being there is, is the hardest thing ever. And it, and I just want to let everybody know that's, that's a father that's dealing with a situation like that is, um, you have to make sure you fight inside your, inside yourself, state, state, you know, saying that you're not a bad dad for doing yeah. what, what you think is, um, is right. It doesn't make you a bad dad. And I, every day I question, am I a bad dad? Am I a bad dad? But I send gifts, you know, I do what I, I know is right. It's just, I'm not there to, you know, take care of him the way I want to. And I know the mom, the, the mother of the, of my son is, is doing a great job. And I tell her that, but I know it's also hard on her because now she's a single parent doing it. And I, I want to get out there and, you know, do my part because my son is my responsibility and, it's mm -hmm. just, it's a fight every day, Rory. It is like, you know, you just, one day I'll just be driving, man. And I'll think about him and I'll be like, man, 
am I doing everything I possibly can to help, you know, him and, and the mom, you know, succeed until I get back out there. You know, I, I, I FaceTime him every day, but it's just, you, you never think it's enough, you know, you being a father, I'm sure, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. You know, when you're at work, you still miss your, your boy and you, you know, your, your kids. And it's just, I'm a thousand miles away and it's a fight every day to, to, you know, just, just keep chugging. You gotta, you gotta just let yourself know though, that if you're doing the right things deep down, you'll know, you know, if you're doing it the right way. And that's a little bit about my story. And it's just, um, it's just, an, it's just crazy, you know, in the year and a half, how life can do a 360 on you and keep going. And then there's 2020 with COVID and, um, yeah. it's just, you know, travel restrictions. I, I flew out to see my son and then I couldn't come, I came back and I had to quarantine for two weeks. And, um, you know, my job is like, Oh, you can't come back. And it's just, there's a lot of obstacles in life and it's just, you, you gotta, you gotta take them and you gotta take the good with the bad and mix it all together and, you know, just keep, keep going. It's, it's, uh, it's an adventure, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I don't really, I can't really relate to what you're going through just because like, yeah, I've been with my boys and I, I, I've never been more than however far away I am from work for my boys. But um, as a father, as a father, I can say that I know doing whatever it takes to make sure that your kids are, are safe and healthy and happy and taken care of no matter what that means, whatever form that takes. And exactly. So I can, I can relate to that. So if you, you know, leaving Arizona to come back to Illinois means just taking care of yourself and getting yourself right. I mean, shit, I, you know, I, I said in the last podcast, I, I checked myself into a hospital last year knowing that I'd be away from my wife and kids for at least a week. And, but I knew that if it wasn't, I, it's just something I had to do, you know? And so like for you to just uproot your life and move back home, like I totally get it. And there's no, no judgment for me or any, anybody really just because like, it's not like you just left your kids saying like, ah, just good luck. Call me if you need me or something like you're like, no, I want to be there for my son because in the long run, this is a marathon, right? Especially when you're raising kids. So you know that if you don't take care of yourself now, it's only become, it's only going to become an issue later on. And it's going to be a huge issue and it's going to cause a lot of, strain and a lot of um, just hardships on your son and yourself and even the mother of the son like I've seen it before and it's so just fucking good on you man for doing what you got to do just get yourself right doing what you got to do getting the job you know just being there for your son I know he's only a year old but they won't forget this shit man like they won't and even if they are one years old they're gonna he's gonna grow up and he's gonna know that his dad did everything he could to be the father that he could be for him, you know? And I just think that's really awesome that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. I appreciate that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a battle man to, you know, see him on FaceTime, but not be able to touch him, not be able to, you know, and then missing his first ever crawl or in his first ever, you know, just anything. I, I'm missing those things. And I know I knew I was going to miss those things. You know, it's a, it's a, it's like, it's just a bad, bad, you know, thing that I had to do. But at the same time, it's a good thing. Cause I know 
in about a year or so when I'm, when, when I, I'm already feeling better, like I said, mentally, like there's no strain. Uh, like when I was out there, like I said, when I mean a dark place, man, I didn't even, I called off for three days and I, I just, I literally sat there in, in a room with like a coworker that I, I met maybe two months later and now we're good friends. He's actually having a, a child um, here in uh, a couple of weeks. It's, he's expecting a, a baby boy. And um, it's just, you know, it was, it was grateful to me, you know, that people, you know, understand my situation and to bring me into the home, knowing him for like two weeks with his wife, you know, that was pregnant is, uh, is just, you know, there's good people out there and um, don't, I want to let people know, don't be afraid, you know, to ask people for help or just to talk to um, anybody, you know, you could talk to anybody that you, you think you, that'll listen, just, just listening and just venting to, to whomever, um, really helps, you know, um, and giving other or letting people give you, give their opinions. Um, don't ever shut those people down either. You know, if they're giving you an opinion, um, it, you might not agree with it, but after you, you listen to it. And even if you don't agree with it, take a step back, sit down later and just review what that conversation was with that person. And, um, you know, I had a lot of, um, a lot of people giving me all these different, you know, opinions, what I should do, what I can't and just listen to them. And, and deep down, you'll know what, what is right and what is wrong and what you want to do. And, um, sometimes those opinions, you know, help out and they give you a perspective that you might not have seen. Um, and sometimes those opinions that you, you just don't agree with, but, um, some of my friends and family had some good things to give me and, um, I took those and, you know, I, I took them and, and ran with them as well. And just listening or um, just speaking to people, you know, and venting out is, is a, it was a really good resource for me to, to get a little bit better too. I, I called my aunt and she just literally just had her phone on speaker and I just was, you know, crying about the situation. And it's, it's okay as a grown man, I, I cried because that was a, it's just, it's, it's okay. You just got to let it out sometimes. It's no matter what. Um, it's just, it was a dark place and it's just, I don't know, man, it's hard to explain at this point, but, um, just venting and, you know, getting that support system is, it was key for me. Um, I knew when I got back, it was, it was, uh, I felt like, you know, just family and friends and just, um, you know, waking up, it was, it was, it got easier and easier as the days gone by. And, now I wake up and I'm motivated and I'm taking extra shifts because I know all that extra money is going to my son and um, things like that just really helped me support system, you know, goals, making goals, little goals each day, you know, make a small goal. I'm going to go do this. Hey, I'm going to go to work and after work, I'm going to take a quick walk around the park. Don't just come home and sit in that room and, and, you know, dwell on it, you know, take yeah. life and, and, and kick its ass. And that's kind of how I did it. I just, you know, those were my keys to what I'm go what I was going through. And I'm still not perfect. And there's days where I'm like, man, am I doing this right? Am I, did I do everything right? And just deep down that end goal is going to be amazing. You know, when I get back there and I see my son, it's, it's going to be great. But that was just, yeah. just a little bit about me, man, and mental health and how I kind of got through it with goals, support system and, um, it was, it's been a, a wild ride and, um, I'll definitely get back on this podcast with you and, and give you an update on it. There'll be a part two. Um, so, um, if the people like it anyways, <laughs> um, nah. but, uh, 
yeah, that, that's a little bit about my story. And if anyone has any questions or anything about that, um, you can you can message Rory and he can get back and I'll answer any any other questions about how um, I got through it and what my situation is. Um, if there's anybody pondering about that as well. Yeah, you know what? I know there's going to be people because, uh, you know, this is a real thing. A lot of people deal with stuff like this and to hear somebody else come out and talk about it. You know, that's that's huge. And I think that goes with any kind of issue in life, whether it's mental health, whether it's anything, you know, it's just knowing that you have an issue and then hearing somebody else have a very similar or not or if not the same issue, come out openly, talk about it knowing that you're not the only one, knowing that you're not alone and knowing that it's okay to be down, to feel sad, to be disheartened. Yeah. There was a, there was a great quote my friend had um, on his shirt. Um, I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it out. Um, It's okay not to be okay. Mm. Um, And it's powerful. He has a, uh, a ribbon on his, one of his bags and he has a shirt. And one day I just, I just seen it and he was wearing it just casual and I read it and I'm like, man, that's very powerful. And it, it is okay to, uh, it is okay to not be okay. Um, just so everybody knows that's, it's a very oh, yeah. powerful statement. Absolutely. And I agree with that hundred percent. It's definitely okay. Like, it's just, you know, like, I don't, I don't want to like go off on a tangent here, but I don't know if you saw, but the shit that, uh, Skip Bayless said about Dak Prescott the other day just made me sick to my stomach that a man I know he he might have been doing it for clout but the the man is on national television and he had the gall to say that Dak Prescott isn't a real leader because he's openly expressing his mental health issues and saying that he struggled with depression and suicidal thoughts because his his mom died when he was in college and then his brother just took his life earlier this year and for us uh a small man like Skip Bayless to say that it's disgusting. It, it fucking, you know, it makes my, my stomach turn and like, like, and luckily Dak is a strong enough man to not take that and, you know, make it worse. But for someone like Dak or anybody else who's feeling that way, they need to know that it is okay. It is 100% okay to feel that way because there's millions and billions of people on this planet that feel very similar to the way that you feel and you are not a fucking alone. And I'll, I'll keep saying that almost every episode that you're not alone. If you feel alone, you've got to tell yourself that you're not because there's billions of people who feel the same way. And there's probably millions of people that are going through similar situations like you not being able to see their kids or, you know, working on themselves to make themselves better for their kids so they can be a better father, be a better mother, be a better whatever, you know, like it's, it's, it's a journey. Life is a, is, it's just one big journey. And, you know, it, it, it goes to the process of everything, because if you want to be successful, if you want to be successful in business, if you want to be successful in your career, if you want to be a successful father, if you want to be a successful just man or woman or whatever, there's a process. It's not just going to be handed to you, you know, and what you're doing right now is part of the process. And that's what you need to do to get to the next step. And from that next step, you keep working, you keep grinding and you get, and you get to the next step and then you get to the next step. And then eventually all that hard work that you're doing now is going to pay off. And then in 20 years or 17 years when you're watching your kid graduate high school and then, you know, maybe one day seeing them getting married off and having kids of their own, you're going to think back to these days and you're going to be like, God damn, I'm so happy I never gave up. Exactly. 
Because exactly. all this shit right now is so fucking worth all the hard nights, all the dark thoughts, all the 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 tears, everything. Everything that I went through then is worth it now for what I'm seeing. It's, and what you're doing, keep going, man. Just keep fucking pushing. Keep fucking grinding. That's what you got to do. I'm so happy to hear that, you know, you're not giving in and that you're, you're fucking going on walks and keeping your mind at ease and just doing what you got to do, man. Like, because I know I said your kid's only one, but he's going to know. He's going to know and he's going to, he's going to, when he's older, he's going to realize that his dad did everything he could to be in his life and to be the father that he needs to be. And it's going to work out and it's going to pay off. It's just, it's how it works. You just got to stay consistent and you just got to keep grinding. That's it. Exactly. I I totally agree. And man, you're you're a good motivator yourself. And exactly with that DAC, um, no matter if you're a celebrity, you think you're a freaking franchise quarterback. At the end of the day, we're all human. We all have feelings. We all have emotions. And for Skip to say that is just, it's just exactly what you yeah. said. Disgusting. It's yeah. ridiculous. Like no matter who you are, you're still. They still deal with the same things we do. No, but yeah. nobody doesn't have feelings. Nobody doesn't, you know, you know, have those thoughts and those dark places and things happen in life. Um, just because he's a superstar doesn't mean things don't happen to him as well. And um, we yeah. we all deal with oh, it. And I, I agree with God, you, I Rory. It's, I can imagine. Yeah. Exactly. And even like, and even it's, for these, for like celebrities and the mainstream people, like that's even on a higher scale for them because the whole world is looking at them. Like us, we're, you know, like we're small scale people. So the only people that see us are people inside of our inner circle. But you see like Dak Prescott's and, my guy NF, who I listen to, when oh, I love NF, <laughs> yeah, oh, he's great, right? But Absolutely. like all these people, they see them, so they know. So Dak is the starting quarterback of America's team. Mm-hmm. So if he's down, everyone in the world's gonna know exactly. Right? And that kind of that kind of goes with that actor. Um, I know his name uh, from the Black Panther, who people were you know criticizing because he was losing weight, but they didn't oh, really know you know what was going yeah, exactly. on in his life and for people to criticize them, you know, without knowing is, is sad yeah. as well, you know? But you know what, that, that's a whole different thing because like, you know, he knew he, his time was limited. Mm-hmm. Like he knew, exactly. but instead of sitting and dwelling in it, exactly. It all about him. He said, okay, I don't know how much time I have left. I know I don't have much, but I'm just going to do what I got to do to make sure that this world is better. I'm going to leave this world better than I found it when I came here. Ex- and he did that. Exactly. So, what Chadwick did was, to me, was heroic. I don't care if people get all up and antsy and butthurt about it. No, he, he got heroic. up and he grinded as, you know, knowing, you know, that it's going to come to an end one day. And he just kept going in his days, you know, and, yeah. and doing what he needed to do to better the world. And what yeah. what more can you ask for from a human? Yeah, because if a lot of times somebody told or is told that they have stage three cancer, prostate, whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people are just going to be like, well, fuck, well, I'm, I'm done. My life's over. I'm just do what I got to do until I die. Chadwick was like, all right, that's cool. Let's exactly. Keep, let's keep grinding. Let's keep, you know, like other people are, you know, he's, he knew he had the platform to build off of it. So he, he visited kids in hospitals who were also dying of cancer. And, and he talked in an interview one time, uh, I think it was way in the morning about these two kids who were dying of cancer who uh, wanted to see Black Panther before they died and they were able to see it but before the movie released they were able to see it but then they still passed away a little and like he did all that shit knowing 
all the demons and the battles that he was dealing with. So for a guy like Chadwick Boseman, for a guy like Dak Prescott, for a guy like anybody to come out and say, hey, I know my life looks amazing, but I have these demons, right, that are torturing me. And then for a piece of shit like Skip Bayless, who, by the way, and I mean this with all due disrespect, Skip Bayless is trash. For him to actually come out and say that he's not a real leader because he's openly admitting that he's dealing with depression, that he's not strong enough to lead the Dallas Cowboys football team, fuck him. Fuck Skip Bayless and his stupid, annoying, yippity, like, I just, he's trash. He's absolute trash. And he'll never be able to redeem himself after that. I don't care if he was doing it for clout. I don't care if he was doing it for ratings or if a producer, someone told him to say it. Doesn't matter. He's trash. And I never want to hear that guy's little squealy voice ever again. So for a guy like Dak who came out and said, hey, my brother died. My mom died a few years ago. I'm the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And I had suicidal thoughts during this quarantine. That is the strongest thing any man can have done that's stronger than squatting 800 pounds that's stronger than winning a super bowl that's actually i don't even know if they won tonight or if they're winning beating the rams like that's stronger than any other game that he'll ever play doing what he did knowing that an entire franchise is depending on him or leaning on him to be the guy he's coming out and saying hey i got issues (laughs) and i'm trying to work on them exactly that's the strongest thing anybody can ever do and hiding it and keeping it in and concealing it and just pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down is only going to lead to just horrendous outcomes because the more you keep stuff in, the more it just keeps piling up and piling up and piling up and eventually it's just going to explode and it's going to be bad for someone else or it's going to be bad for you and it's just not exactly and not healthy. and what he's doing is, you know, like I said and and when I when I was talking about it, he's asking, you know, for a little bit of support and he's trying to find that support system and he's letting people yes. know that he's, you know, he needs a little help, like you said, and he is a leader of, you know, America's team. And um, like I said, it's, it's okay to not be okay. And he's showing, you know, Hey, I might need a little bit of help, but he has 53, you know, other men on, on his side with his coaches. And he's, he's gonna, um, he's showing, you know, it's, I'm a leader of this, but at the same time, I, I still need, myself you know to be right to lead these men you know into battle and into his life making sure he's getting his life right as well and um that that is a very strong you know knowing even even you know he's he's in a contract year knowing that you know um with that contract and him saying that um you know that's just strong it's just strong knowing knowing that he's leading 53 men and man he's saying these things and it, it shouldn't affect anything you know if anything, that just like I said makes him stronger as a as a leader, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And, and yeah, and you know what? But the same goes with you too. Like you're, he's the leader of America's football team. You're leader. You're the leader of your son. So for you to come out on here and tell your story and come on my podcast, and I'm gonna share it with the world, or at least the small amount of the world that's gonna <laughs> listen to it. People are gonna hear it. People are gonna hear your story, and they're gonna hear a man who's literally opening himself up to the vulnerability that has taken over his life and he's expressing what he's doing and how he's going to do it. And, and it's all for your son and people are going to hear that. And and you know what? Your son's going to hear it too one day and he's going to know that his father 
is a true leader. Doesn't matter. You don't need to be a fucking starting quarterback of an NFL football team. You're the starting quarterback of your son's life, and you're leading him by doing what you're doing right now. And I want you to know that, and I want anybody else to know that who's going through something similar like you. I appreciate that, and that's why I did it. I just wanted to let you know people know it's it. it there are dark times, and whoever's going through what I'm going through, there is a light at the end of that tunnel. You just got to march through it, and um, I'm I'm I feel like I'm already halfway through the tunnel, and I'm seeing the light. Like I said, I have a plan. And hopefully by next year at about this time, man, I, uh, I'm, I'm where I need to be and, and I'm, I'm at my goals and I'm sitting back with my son and he's two years old and he's running around and I'm in the backyard and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do as a father, you know? Yes, you are. Yeah. You are so everything great. you can. And that's all, that's what it's, that's all you can do. You do everything you possibly can. And I mean, as a father. Like I'm doing everything that I possibly can, whether it's working three jobs, whether it's, you know, working, like not being able, like there, there were days where a couple weeks ago, I didn't see my, my youngest awake. You know, I left in the morning when he was sleeping and by the time I got home that night, he was sleeping already. So it's just, it's one of those things as a father, it's not even so much about the expectations of a father because it's 2020, the world's different. It's the, the view on the world and parents is all different, but as, for me personally, and this is just for me, I take it as my responsibility to make sure that my family is taken care of no matter what, whether it's sacrificing gym time, whether it's sacrificing, uh, you know, social time, whether it's sacrificing sleep, whether it's sac- sacrificing meals, I'm doing what I got to do to make sure that my family is good and taken care of. And that's it. That's what any parent, father, mother, doesn't matter. Anybody who's raising a child, you know, that's what you got to do. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the expectation to do whatever you got to do to make sure that the child that you're raising, that you're taking care of is good. And if it means working on yourself, fucking work on yourself, get yourself right, get yourself better. Your son will only benefit in the outcome. Exactly. And I, I agree a hundred percent with that, man. I, every day I FaceTime him and you know, I ask the mom, I'm like, Hey, does he need diapers? Does he need this? I sent you some stuff. I signed up for Amazon Prime because I was losing so much money on shipping <laughs> to Arizona from just gifts I was sending him. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, the birthday cake when I flew out there, I wasn't going to miss, you know, his first birthday. And, like, I, I make sure I do the dates, you know, that, that like, holidays. Like, I did I, – I think I went out there um, 4th of July as well to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to make sure I hit pinpoint, you know – Every single holiday, like Christmas, I have I have it dated where I'm gonna go out there again. You know, I it to show you know I'm still being part of his his life even though I'm not there. I I'm I'm FaceTiming every day. I'm I message him every single day at eleven o'clock. It's a two hour difference, so nine a.m. Yeah. for them. And I I say to the mom, even though he can't read, he doesn't know what a phone is. I still say you know something. Good morning, Wyatt. Or you know, and it makes me feel better inside too. That's a, it's, it's just a thing every morning, 11 o'clock, no matter where I'm at, I'll stop. I'll go to the bathroom, you know, sneak in a text. Good morning, Wyatt, or good morning, Wyatt. Let the sun shine brighter on you today. Just little things like that. And, you know, and I can, you know, at least I can say, you know, I'm, I'm saying good morning. And the mom, you know, she, she says, you know, I know it might sound silly, but she's like, Hey, he said, good morning to you as well. Like, even though I know he didn't say that, I'm sure she told him, you know, daddy said this or that, even though we're not, you know, together, she's, 
you know, we're, we're co-parenting, which is, you know, a big thing. And like, it's, it's really nice that she's allowing me, you know, to come, come back into the house and, um, you know, see my son sit with him for eight to 10 hours. You know, she literally hands me the reins of my son and it's, it's a great thing. You know, I can interact with them whenever I want, you know, there's no, there's no restrictions. You know, when I go out there, I go to my, my place and then I, I drive over in the morning as soon as he wakes up. And, you know, it's, it's really nice that she, you know, she sees, you know, me ha- wanting to be in my son's life and she's allowing me to, you know, do that. And it's, it, it helps a lot. And some, you know, some parents are different and there's restrictions and things like that, but um, right now it's, it's, it's great for me and uh, for Wyatt and just, you know, everything's working out well. So, um, good, man. It's, so uh, it's good stuff. You plan on seeing him then for Christmas or are you going to see him for Thanksgiving too? Yeah. Um, I have it planned for um, Christmas. Um, we haven't talked about Thanksgiving yet. Um, that's with the mom. Um, we got to discuss that, but it's, a, it might be Thanksgiving cause <laughs> believe it or not, the mom's uh, birthday is also on Christmas. So (laughs) she's a Christmas baby. So, um, we, we discussed it, um, as soon as I get the go ahead, you know, cause she does her work schedules around my, my time of visit. So she can get an extra shift or two and she's a nurse, um, and she works overnight. So when I'm there, I tell her, Hey, you know, pick up a couple extra days that you're not able to, when you're watching Wyatt, cause I'm there to, you know, take care of Wyatt so she can get more income in the house. And, um, we, we, we work together on that to, you know, take advantage of that as well. So, um, Good. there's, there's little things like that in life. You know, if you, if you really work together, you know, for a nurse to work an extra two night shifts, it's, it's, uh, it's a really good, um, benefit for, you know, the household and the income and for Wyatt. So we do that as well. Absolutely. And that's good, man. That's good that you and, uh, the mother are working things out. I'm glad to hear that. I know a lot of times in those situations, it doesn't always go that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I am, my parents have been divorced for almost 20 years and, it's never even been close to that way still to this day. So to hear that as a, a kid who grew up with parents who can't even be in the same room together, it's honestly, it, it warms my heart to hear that because it scares me when I see kids of divorce or kids of separated parents to, yeah. you know, so I'm glad I'm yeah, it's... together. It makes me, makes me really happy that you guys were yeah. working it out. Like and that. it wasn't all peaches and cream, man. It, uh, it was oh, a really, it, it was a really ugly, uh, ugly um you know breakup you know we lost the house i lost the house she she has the house the car and you know but deep down you know all those things are just assets they're nothing it's nothing valuable to me you know um what's that my son and yes um, i can always go buy a new car i can always go get another house you know with work and things like that but i can't you know make another why i mean i could but not why it that's exactly and uh, that's what, you know, I sat down and I'm like, whatever happened in between, um, I talked to her and I was like, you know, that's part about being a man and being a father. I, I said, no matter what, what happened between it, I, I, I don't care. I just want to make sure that me and you can work with Wyatt and it's all about Wyatt. And um, she, she came to that, you know, conclusion as well. And, you know, um, even when I go over there, her mom's there and you know, her, her new boyfriend's there. And I, it, it doesn't matter to me. Like, you know, I had a talk with them or with the, you know, the boyfriend as well. And I let him know, you know, things like, you know, he's looking over my son and I appreciate it. And like, there's no hard feelings or anything like that, because at the end of the day, um, when I'm not there, that man is, you know, in my son's life. 
and uh, you you got to make sure that you respect that person, and you know, you got to mm-hmm. let them know too, though that that's your son, and you got to you know let them know that you know you 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 got to just I don't know, it's like a weird talk. It was like uncomfortable because yeah. you know I've never done it. I was a right. my first no, time being yeah. a father, and you know just let, you know just telling them you know that Setting he's exactly and. You know, just making sure that he knows, you know, um, to just try to, he said he's going to, uh, you know, he's a good guy and he teach or, um, he's, how do I say this? He's, uh, treating Wyatt as his own, you know, and that's yeah. what I, that's all I that's ask what for. You want. That's all you can ask for. Exactly. And, you know, like you can't like as a father, you know, no matter what happened between it for future fathers, even if they have, you know, a new boyfriend, if, if that new boyfriend is, you know treating your kid the way you 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 would treat your kid and showing respect and showing you know like being a man himself and not you know going drinking and things like that you can't you can't hold a grudge because they're dating your ex if he's doing right by your son then in my eyes that's fine with me you know and a lot of parents gets that mixed up you know like once they have a breakup and somebody comes into their life you know they don't talk to them and they're mad because they're dating them but they don't really want to get to know that person and that was a big thing for me when i flew out there i want to get to know who this person is who is around my son before i make a judgment you you can't judge a book by its cover if you don't know the cover and you don't read it and i sat down and you know i i watched and interacted and talked and you know i found out that this guy you know is is a nice guy and i didn't see anything wrong with him and anything wrong with what he was doing i didn't see him you know, just I didn't see any red flags, so there's no red flags for me to get mad about, you know. And that's yeah, that's fucking awesome, man. Like, that's like as far as what's up, split ups go, like, that's all you can ask for, man. And, and like, at least your son's got a man down there while you're gone, and then when you come back, he'll have two, and then he can look up to you, and then he can, I mean, if the guy's still around, you know, you never know how exactly, but. It's all good, man, and like it's and that's the thing. It's all about the kid. It's all about <laughs> your kid, your son, anybody's kid. Like that's what I feel like, especially with a lot of breakups. Because I, like, my personal thing with it, I saw it a lot of times. It's not about the kids. It's just about the battle between the parents, and they just fight and fight and fight. And along the way, they just seem to lose sight of the kids. You know, and the kids are just kind of there, lost in the shuffle, and they're just like, "Hey, like me personally, hey, we're here still." You know, you gotta, you guys want to try to raise us, everyone. Like, exactly, you know, it's like, like a tug wait. of war. They're pulling one arm yeah. from one side, one arm for the other for the child, and they're stuck in between. And that's not a healthy thing for that child, or not healthy for your for for that child. And you know, then they're growing up. They're growing up confused. And why is mommy fighting? Why is daddy this? Why? Where's this? Where's that? And you just don't want that from, you know, from, mm-hmm. from a child. You want them to understand what's going on. You want it civil. You want to, you want to just, you just gotta, you gotta do it right. And I feel like right now with me and her, you know, like I said, it's the first time we've, we've done this. She, it's just her firstborn, my first, and we're dealing with it one day at a time. You know, we're learning cues and learning things, do's and don'ts, and we're working together on, you know, how to do it. And w- communication is key you know like i i text her every week hey what's your schedule so i know when she works and she works overnight so i know you know i send her that good morning text and i might not get it for a couple extra hours because she's you know sleeping but 
if you you communicate with with the one another if you have or that your ex with what's going on and you know you can make that 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 life easier for your son you know i know when she gets up so i can you know facetime my son at this time set a schedule and it, it's just you know it's just a routine and it and he knows when he sees me on the phone he knows he can she smiles he laughs you know and facetime and i know how yeah. to make him laugh and like then when i'm there he sees me again he's like oh you know he has yeah. that picture photo memory that hey this guy calls me every day this is my dad and yeah, it's knows. just it's great. He knows you know? who that is. He knows. I don't He's... care. Like they could say babies don't know. Babies know. He knows who that is. He knows that you're the guy. He knows that he you're gonna be there whether you're on the phone, whether you're in person. He knows exactly. So man, just uh, man, I'm just fucking so glad. I'm happy to hear it because I remember when your kid was born. I remember you know the uh, all the Facebook posts about the preemie pictures yes. just seeing him with all the wires and the monitors and how tiny he was. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, His diaper was I, as small as a cheese, a piece of cheese, man. It oh was, gosh. <laughs> I, I just remember I followed you as much as I could. Anytime you posted something, I was on it. Like I just, I was just like, it's concerned, you know, like anybody yeah. would. And like, you're my guy, like you're my old workout buddy. Like, of course I'm going to care. And when I saw you guys come home and, I was just overjoyed, and then a couple weeks ago, or last week, or whatever it was, when his first birthday thing popped up, I just remember I was sitting with a guy I was working with in the truck, and I see you posted about it, and I was just like, oh my god, and he's like, what? I'm like, and I told him, I'm like, my buddy's son, he just turned one, he's like, okay, like, everybody's <laughs> turned one, and I'm like, and I just kind of gave him like a little run through, I'm like, nah, he was like, he's born super Yeah, mature. one pound, man, and now and he's like, 17. <laughs> now he's a big boy and i went now it's a miracle and and i i mean i joked around you're you're not the biggest guy in the world. <laughs> absolutely not and i'm like well when his kid was born he's like yeah this is cj's kid whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah. i was like no man like this kid was a preemie as preemie can get and like to see him turn one years old it's a fucking miracle it was yeah, yeah they gave him uh like they gave him when the doctors came in we had a talk because of uh there's a there was a law in arizona where um at 24 weeks, um, you can't resuscitate a, a child or a, a, a baby until 24 weeks in Arizona. And we had to wait until 23 weeks and six days to deliver. Um, and it was, I, I didn't even know about a law like that. And for the mom, you know, she did everything she could, you know, she had her, an extra surgery to uh, sew some things up until um, to hold off. And man, mm-hmm. he, he came out and, uh, he, he gave a loud, loud, like cry. And everybody in the room was like, let's get it. They gave him, um, a 8% chance of survival. Um, Holy shit. yeah. When we talked, um, before the, uh, before the delivery, they came in there, they gave us all of the things, you know, um, how his brain might do not develop all time. Um, um, his lungs might not be developed. Like they didn't even know if he could breathe on his own for, you know, just from that point, from getting it out to the, into the incubator and starting to do all those things, they gave him an 8% chance. And so he got delivered. And the first thing he did was like a normal baby. He went, and everybody in the room, all the doctors, we had three doctors in the room and like 10 nurses. And um, they all like, everybody just stopped and looked at each other and was like, let's get it. They got him to the incubator. He just killed it. Um, when he did yeah. cry, though, he he collapsed both of his little baby lungs. 
Uh. <laughs> and yeah, it was a little scary at first because he did it and he did it so so loud that his his lungs uh, gave out. But they were able to get him on the monitor, hook him up, and that hospital was amazing, you know. And we got a an amazing nurse who I I continue to talk to because um, she went through a a divorce, and you know I I, I reached out to her a little bit. She was his primary um, doctor or nurse for his whole ride she uh and like she went through a divorce and um we talked a little bit and she she helped me through it but she was an amazing nurse and just the whole journey of Wyatt was just amazing and he continues to just you know defeat the odds he he just had another surgery on his stomach um he's not able to eat food like I said previously in this podcast and he pukes up everything but he has a a g-tube now going into it uh, bypassing his stomach into his intestine um, so he can get all the nutrients um, mm-hmm. for the next six months. And then they're going to go back and um, reevaluate to see if he they have to uh, cut a piece of his stomach out um, because he has really bad reflex. And anything that touches his tongue down to his throat um, makes him gag to the point of um, puking. Um, and as we all know, you know, those are nutrients that, that the baby needs to grow. And that at one point he wasn't yeah. gaining any weight, but he was getting bigger, <laughs> but they fixed the, the, they had the surgery, um, and he's gained over five pounds and he's moving forward with it. Um, so in the next six months, he's going to have another checkup to see, um, if they're going to try to, um, cut a piece of his stomach out to get it to the food. in. right now he has a tube that runs 23 hours a day, um, into his stomach to feed him and you know how babies are they crawl they roll and if that tube comes out of his stomach um that's a big no-no he would have to rush him to the hospital and he has like a little iv roller so the mom you know i feel you know like like i said it's another battle like i know all these things about my son and like the mom you know is he's rolling around in the tube and you have to carry you know there's just so much you go on a walk he has an IV bag next to the stroller that you have to drag along with him. You know, it's just, it's a battle, but he's, he's such a happy child and he's, he's healthy. You know, there's, you can't complain with what, what is going on because everything that has happened has just been a miracle. And I'm, I'm just blessed on that part. Yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, like you, you see these things and you hear about these things, but to actually like see someone who I've known and, you know, I'm close with like, man, like for you and the the mother of the, your son, like, I mean, you guys are just champions. You're fucking goddamn champions for just being there for your boy and doing everything you got to do to take care of him. And then your son, man, like fucking hero. Like he's that's something yeah. that, you know, that's that's inspiring. And he's, right. He's been through so much in one year, you know, that, you know, some people have not even, you know, he fought. He's been fighting his whole life so far, one whole year of just, you know, growing and fighting and not being able to, you know, be a normal baby yet, you know, and it's just like I post, you know, on my Facebook, I'm like, man, the obstacles that he has gone through compared to what, you know, some people have just him just as a one year old is is astonishing. You know, he's he's done loops and boundaries, you know, from collapsed lungs to not being able to eat to being it's just man and this little guy he, he doesn't even know you know he's so happy it's amazing life life's amazing for you know that that innocence. child man it's just the innocence of a child man yeah but fucking he defeated he defeated 92 percent 
Exactly. That's insane. That's miraculous. That's your. I mean, your son's. A, you know, he's he's a champion too, just like his parents. But that is something that's. I mean, shit. As a father myself, like I can't even imagine what you guys have to go through. So, like, it kind of. I might I might be, welling up here a little bit just kind of hearing your story, but to actually hear it instead of looking at it on Facebook, you know. But um, I'm just so happy for you for, for the mom for your son. Um, I'm just I hope everything works out, and I hope you get back down to Arizona and watch your boy grow up and yeah. teach him how to play God. football. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> once uh, his stomach heals up, you can get him in the weight room and. Exactly. Hopefully his Get hands are bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah, my BK hands. I... Your Burger King hands. <laughs> they're, they're very, very small, man. But I can still throw a football, so we're good. Somehow, yeah, I don't I mean, know how. It's, it's, it depends on the size, I guess. <laughs> exactly. The Nerf balls do well in my hand, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, I'm so happy you came on. I, I know you, you, you messaged me last week and saying you want to hop on, so I wanted to get you on right away. and. I'm just happy you did because uh, I think this is a story that a lot of people want to hear or need to hear. So yeah, I appreciate much, it, man. man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, yeah, like you said you already want to come on again. If you so, if you ever feel the need, you want to come on if something else happens, or you know, if even if it's not about your son, if it's just about you and how you're doing, if you just want to come on and you know, kind of just flow things, flow some things out there, and uh, just talk about some stuff. You know, I'm here. This is what I'm here for. I'm here to listen. I want to this is just a platform for other people to come on and tell their story and just, you know, not have to go through an actual therapist and charge their insurance. You know what I mean? So absolutely. That's what I'm here for. I just want to, I want to be that, that platform for someone yeah. just to get help. And yeah, I'm not the, just so everybody knows, I'm not the kind of guy that really posts a lot on Facebook or Instagram. I, I literally post maybe a couple pictures of my son and maybe some tags about the Chicago Bears. Who did get a W today? Yes, um, Ohio State yeah. would have got a W yesterday if they played, by the way. Absolutely, they would have. OH. Ohio, let's go. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm not a person that really is really crazy about you know, letting it out there. So this was really a big thing for me. Um, I seen that Rory did a little podcast and I, I, um, I, I just dug down deep and I was like, you know what, this could help some people, um, out there, or at least I hope it helps some people, you know, understand that, you know, whatever you're going through in life, you just, you just go through it. You take day by day, set goals and you get through it. But, um, this was a big step for me just, you know, get it out there. Um, and yeah, yeah, I was nervous. I texted Rory. I was like, Hey bro, uh, I'm a little nervous. I asked some questions and he's like, you're fine, bro. And he, he gave me that little extra push that I needed. And, um, I'm glad I did it and I feel so much better and it's, I'm gonna go play some Madden here in a little bit and, um, (laughs) relax and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good end of the night and I appreciate you having me on and I'll definitely give everybody an update, um, on, uh, on my, uh, goals and everything in about And I'll get back on, and I'll let Rory know, and we'll see where I'm at in in the future. But I appreciate your podcast, Rory, and um, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. If if you don't mind, if you want, you can uh, plug your shit and let everybody know where they can find you on the social medias if you want. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I'll definitely uh, do that. Um, I got a a Twitter as well. If anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I do some football stuff. Um, 
And let me get my Twitter out. I apologize. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, CZab6 um, on Twitter. Um, you'll find some good uh, football stuff on there, a little bit of updates um, on some betting. I do some sports betting as well. Um, nothing big, um, but I did hit a parlay today with the Bears, so that was nice. Um, but yeah. it's, it's just a little fantasy uh, football, too. I do a little bit of uh, things like that. But I will be starting my own um, fantasy Twitter account. I haven't got it up yet, but um, I'm going to start giving out advice for fantasy football. I'm in two, oh, diff- cool. two different leagues, uh, 16-man leagues, uh, one dynasty, one keeper. Um, but, yeah, I follow a lot of football, so if anyone's interested in that, um, go ahead and hit my Twitter up. You'll be, I'll be getting an update. I think uh, next week I'll have my update on the, the fantasy football Twitter that, account that I'm going to be starting up. And, um, yeah, so that'll be that. I appreciate it, Rory, and you have a good night, bud. Thanks, man. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, hit me up anytime you want to talk, all right? Absolutely. Bye. All right, man. Have a good night. You too, bud. So that was my uh, my buddy CJ. Um, he just wanted to come on, uh, talk about his story a little bit with his son uh, being – um, so far away from him, you know, so, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad he came on. I'm glad he told his story. I know a lot of people, uh, probably going through something very similar. So if anybody heard it and it touched them, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's what this is for. This is what we're here for. So thank you, CJ, again, for coming on, telling your story, opening yourself up, making yourself vulnerable to being better. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of times, a lot of people have a lot of inside stuff going on and uh, they don't really want to talk about it because they're afraid and uh, just making yourself vulnerable is such a huge step because that only opens yourself up to uh, being better and making the change that you need to become the better person, that better father, in, in CJ's case, mother, husband, wife, uh, son, daughter, anything, you know, um, so uh, that was that was awesome, and uh, yeah, I got a little emotional listening to uh, CJ talk about his son and the struggles that he had to go through at such an early age. Oh, I couldn't imagine. Um, so uh, I wanted to end the episode tonight. Um, just a little bit something for me about me, rather. Um, today is September thirteenth of twenty twenty. Seven years ago to this day. On September 13th, 2013, I had my left shoulder surgically repaired for the second time. I had a um, torn labrum, almost completely torn to the point that it was just was kind of hanging on by a thread. And my uh, shoulder was just kind of floating in the joint. It would pop out every now and then. It was a football injury. Um, but um, that week after following my surgery was to this day the worst week I've ever had in my years of existence. I was at a college that I didn't want to be at. I was 20 years old. I was cooped up in my dad's house home alone every day because him and his girlfriend would go to work. I felt like I lost all my friends I felt like I lost all purpose to live. I felt like I was done. 
so my surgery was on a Friday. And that following Wednesday was where I finally hit rock bottom. The doctor prescribed me a very strong painkiller. I'm not one on drugs, especially downers, painkillers, for example. I don't do good on them. But the mental state that I was in at the time, I was more than happy to take them. And I lied to my dad. My dad told me to stop taking them on that Sunday and just to take regular ibuprofen. And I told him I would, but I lied. I even I started taking more than what I was already taking because not only did I want my shoulder pain to go away, I just wanted all my pain to go away. I just wanted to be numb. And I did. And before I knew it, I sat on my my dad's bathroom floor in his house holding that bottle of pills in my hand and a decision to make. And I'm sitting here seven years later to the day, roughly, telling you that I made the right decision. I flushed those pills down the toilet and I wept harder than I've ever wept in my entire life until I passed out. And I don't know how long I was out, but I remember waking up on the cold tile floor and it was about 15 minutes before my dad's girlfriend was going to get home from work. So I'm really glad that I woke up or else she was going to walk into me laying on a bathroom floor holding an empty bottle of pills in my hand. So I got up. I straightened myself out. And at that moment, I made a decision that I need to do something to effectively re-steer my life from the direction that it was going. So I made a bunch of life decisions in that week. And... uh if I ever get my dad on, he'll tell you that he didn't really agree with them. But he didn't know the whole story. He thinks he does. He didn't. And probably till, until probably now. Because um, I really haven't told anybody other than my therapist and Melissa. Um, but today, September 13th, it's a very important day for me. I mark it on my calendar every single year. And it's not something I ever want to celebrate. It's just something I want to remember. I just want to remember where I was, how I got there, and what happened because of the decisions that I made that day or that week. Because I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I made the wrong decision. I want to have two beautiful boys inside my house right now. I want to have my wife who loves me to death right now if I made the wrong decisions that day. 
you know, I'm staring at the, this Venn diagram mural thing that I made for Melissa and I's wedding. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I think about that day, how this wouldn't be here, how I want to be looking, these pictures, this, this display piece, that wedding, everything that's happened in the last seven years would not be here had I made the wrong decisions that day. And I don't regret ever getting to the point to where I was seven years ago, but I am overjoyed that I made the right decision. So as a homage to the day, because it was caused from, or not caused, but really exasperated from my shoulder surgery, every year on September 13th, doesn't matter what day of the week it is, doesn't matter what's going on, I always make a point on September 13th to go to the gym and train my shoulders. I just think, you know, it's just shoulder surgery, shoulder workout. It's just one of those things. And uh, today, this morning, I haven't worked out in almost three months because of everything going on. Uh, we just recently moved a couple months ago. It's hard to find a gym. Um, everything's shutting down again in, in, in our area. So I just haven't been to the gym and it's caused me a lot of strain mentally. Um, but I said, you know what? September 13th is coming up. I don't care if I'm at a gym or if I'm sitting in my garage. I'm going to work out because it's been seven years. And for the last six years, I haven't missed. So I went ahead and I sat in my garage this morning. Brody joined me because he woke up early enough. So he was kind of playing in the garage watching me. I have some bands, resistance bands that I used. And um, I don't know if people saw my Instagram and Facebook story. I have two five-gallon jugs of water in my garage that we use for our water cooler just happen to have two of them I use those for dumbbells and I went ahead and I trained my shoulders today and I gotta tell you it felt great not because you know I haven't worked out in three months like yeah that's getting the blood flow through your muscles and the serotonin into your mind and your brain and everything is great but it just felt great because I think back to that day that week following September 13 2013 of where I was at and how I'll never, ever, ever give up like I almost did that day. I've gotten close, but I'll never fully go through with the, the evil thoughts that go through my mind because I know I'm stronger than that. And I know that I have the, the support system that I need now more than ever to never give up. So I just wanted to... Um, I just want to give that to you guys tonight. Um, yeah, today's a big day for me. So uh, thank you for hearing me out. Uh, thank you again to CJ for coming on. I appreciate the hell out of you. If anybody else wants to come on, just please message me. Uh, obviously, I have no issues with anybody coming on telling their story. So um, I just want to uh, end tonight. I want you to all to... Just think about what you, what's going on in your life, what's going on mentally, and I just want you to think of uh, a person, a thing, a place, something to give you purpose to wake up in the morning. You might already know. You might already have it, and if you do, awesome. Keep doing it. But if you don't yet, think of something, because when you have something to wake up in the morning for, 
It makes it so much easier to roll out of bed and move about your life. And I'm going to uh, end the quote tonight with uh, a quote from, or I'm going to end the show tonight with a quote from Tony Robbins, um, one of my favorite motivational guys going right now. He's probably the biggest name out there. He's been around for like 30, 40 years. Um, but uh, he has a quote that it kind of always sticks with me. And I want to read it to you guys now. And it says, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. And that rings true for me because back in the day, I would just sit and sulk and just be sad. And what I was doing was I was just being sad. And if I'm always sad, if I'm always doing things that are going to make me sad, I'm always going to be sad. So I know it's hard to, it's a lot easier to say than done, but try to stop those negative habits. Try to find some positivity in your life. Try to find a purpose, try to find a why and just keep doing what you're doing. Because if you've done, if you do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've gotten. Thank you everybody for listening, for tuning in. I really honestly appreciate it. Um, Please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to come on, tell your story, talk to me. I'm, I have two ears. One of them's not very good, but at least the my right one's still really good. So you know, I'm all ear. I'll listen, and I just want to hear you guys' story. Thank you, everybody. Let's have a great week. Let's have a great month. Holidays are coming up. This shitty year is almost over. We got it going, guys. Good night.